Hello and welcome back to the InfraDig podcast, the podcast service brought to you by IJ Global Infrastructure Journal. Today, the focus turns for a second time to the UK Infrastructure Bank, UKIB. Last December, we interviewed UKIB Chief Executive John Flint, and today we're talking to one of his colleagues. Let me make my introductions. Me, I'm Angus Leslie Melville, and I'm Editorial Director of IJ Global. I have with me Ian Brown, Head of Banking and Investments at UKIB. Essentially, uh, he's responsible for UKIB's origination and execution of lending and investing activities. Ian, welcome to InfraDig. Thanks very much for having me. Delighted to be here. Lovely to have you. Okay, now, for for the benefit of the listener, Ian, can you please briefly introduce yourself, the role you play at UKIB, and maybe a couple of words on the institution itself? Yes, happily. Um, So, as you say, I head the banking and investments team, we call it, at UKIP, which is the part of the bank that's uh, responsible for uh, finding and then executing um, all of the transactions that we do. Um, As you all know, very briefly, we were set up uh, just over two years ago now um, by the Treasury to uh, invest in this country in infrastructure, um, either for net zero or for helping with living up. And um, that's uh, that's what we've spent the last two years doing, and that's what we're trying to do now. Excellent. Okay, so everyone knows who you are oh, on a personal level. Sources tell me you're also a keen cyclist. Uh, I can guess your sources. <laughs> guess away. <laughs> I'll never confirm. Um, as to the bank, I, I'd hope that InfraDig listeners already have a good understanding of the role played by the UK Infrastructure Bank. Um, it was set up post-Brexit, to my mind, to replace the role of the European Investment Bank. But unlike the EIB, hopefully we won't see you could compete with commercial lenders the way they did. Um, but let's, let's start off with an easy question. A nice soft one to get things moving. Uh, as you said, you've now been operating for just over two years. Uh, I wrote a story in August uh, identifying the 20 transactions that UKIB had financed to that point. Um, at that time, um, correct me if I'm wrong, you deployed around £1.9 billion of the £12 billion you have available, of which £5 billion is to target equity and no, I was about to say 10 billion, but that doesn't add up at all, does it? No. 7 billion um, is for debt. How's it going? Do you have any news for us on this front? Let's get the numbers right first. Um, so, in total, we've got 22 billion pounds um, of, of capital. 4 billion of that is reserved for local authority lending. Um, so, that leaves 18 um, for uh, the banking and investment side. And of that, 10 billion. Um, is reserved for use by way of guarantees. So that leaves me eight billion um, for debt and for equity. And, and within that eight, we don't have a definite split. Um, I would imagine, well, we'll certainly, I think, by volume, do more debt deals than we will uh, equity deals. Um, but other than that, there's no definite split. As you say, we've done about 20 deals now. We've got to the point where I think at 20, we'll probably stop counting how many deals we've done. Um, <clears throat> uh, because who cares whether we've done 24 or 25, but we've, we've now done 20-odd deals. Um, I don't think since August, if that's when I think your last article was, we've announced anything. Uh, we've certainly got a good three or four transactions of different types, uh, which we'll uh, announce, 
I would imagine, over the next uh, four to six weeks. And then we've got a pretty strong pipeline um, through um, to the end of our financial year, through to the end of March, where we'll be doing uh, a range of things, whether they're debt, whether they're equity, uh, or, or guarantees as well. So we, what's in really encouraging, I think, of late is that the amount of potential transactions we're seeing has, has increased really quite significantly. Um, and now that we're much better resourced than we were, certainly when you spoke to John 12 months ago, uh, we're able to, uh, to, to process those transactions much more rapidly too. Excellent. Is, is that an increase to the amounts that, that you have available? Or, or, or have I just got the numbers wrong? Uh, I would never say you've got the numbers wrong, but I'm not, I'm not aware that we've increased the numbers. No, it's always been, it's always been um, 10, 8 and 4 to get to 22. Okay, okay, that's curious. Okay, well, I've, I've heard that somewhere, so that's annoying. Okay, um, one, one of the things I... I so, so you've got a good pipeline of deals coming coming forward. That's great to hear. I'll be looking forward to reporting on those as and when they come along. Uh, can we take a look at the crowding in element that the ro- of the role that UKIP plays? Um, when I look at the lo- likes of, say, Portsmouth Water, Pulse Energy... Cornish lithium. Now, now, people I talk to in the market, um, they, they tell me these could comfortably have been done by the private sector. You know, well, what, what do you say to that? Unless, let me guess, is it going to be, well, they would say that, wouldn't they? You're going to go Christine Keeler on me. Well, that would be one way of answering the question. Um, you'll, you'll know from the conversation that you had last time that we take um, crowding in and not crowding out incredibly seriously. Um, we you know, we capitalised entirely with public money, and and why on earth would we use public money to do things that the private sector will do? So, uh, <clears throat> I, I would I, I feel very confident that the transactions we've done, and particularly the transactions you've just named, uh, we we needed to be on to allow those transactions to happen. We were incredibly rigorous, and in, in fact, it feels very odd. It, it, you know my background. I spent 30 years as a banker in the city mm-hmm. using sharp elbows to get onto transactions. So mm-hmm. to be sitting here constantly saying to to uh, companies who want our, our money, yeah, are you sure? Are you really sure? Have you really tested the market? It, it does mm-hmm. seem very odd, but that, that is what we do. And in fact, on one of those transactions you talked about, we insisted that um, we be provided with the names of every single um, institution that had been approached and, and understanding why it was that they couldn't come aboard. Um, so I, I, I seriously feel very comfortable um, that where mm. our capital is being deployed, it's, it's going there because it's needed. Mm. Okay. Um, that's, 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 that's a good response, strong response. Um, okay, but sticking with, from, with this for a moment, um, uh, will we see UK, UKIB um, on deals in the future where it is the only possible lender? Yes, I think you will. Uh, we, we have one... Um, on the stocks at the moment, as I'm hoping we'll be able to complete before Christmas, which is a hugely important transaction uh, for this country um, and the way we will um, store energy. Um, we are the only lender on that transaction um, because I think it's it's just too early for other, certainly for other lenders to become comfortable. Um, and the, the company has spent a lot of time raising the equity, um, which has now got sorted out. So it's, it's, it's a long way from a slam dunk transaction. Um, so on that one, we will we will be alone, um, but we're, we we want to be on that transaction because we think it's important. Uh, this particular one, if it goes well, it will scale. There'll be something very similar and probably larger, uh, which we developed uh, probably 
two years after this one. We may or may not be needed on that transaction, but I'm hoping that by the time they do the third one, we're not needed at all. And, and that's very much the modus operandi. We want to help to get things to work, uh, give comfort to other lenders or investors to be involved in that technology, um, and then we'll we'll move away and let the private markets take over, and we'll find something else tricky that needs needs to be fixed. Okay, okay. Um, no, the, the focus of UKIB is one hundred percent UK. Now, I wrote back in June. Um, I hope you don't go correcting my numbers again. <laughs> that your staffing levels were up to two hundred, and there were plans at that time to, I think, take the team up to about two eighty. Um, that, that's, that's really rather big, uh, especially when you compare that to, say, a London infrastructure banking team, um, where their focus is more than just the UK. Do you, do, you, do you think you're right-sizing, or is that getting a bit too cumbersome? So let's be clear on that. So 280, correct. Um, that's for the entire bank. Um, the, uh, my, my area, the origination business, uh, we're going to be around 60-odd people when we've, when we've finished building out, and we're, we're almost there now. Um, and, and that does feel like a lot of people. And I know when, when I first joined, I thought, cracking 60 people, that, that's an enormous team. Um, but when I look at the level, uh, uh, the volume of activity we have on the go right now, uh, it doesn't feel like we're overstaffed for a minute. Um, and I think it's, it's it's a combination of things. If, 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 if I go back to my, my traditional banking seat, uh, we didn't need to do very much to get a transaction because the phone rang from a, a, a series of developers who we would know well, um, who would present a transaction to us. We'd do the analysis. Uh, we'd tell them what we thought. They would tell us that the, the leverage was, was too low and the pricing too high. Mm-hmm. You'd go to credit um, and then hopefully you'd answer and you might or might not be on the deal. It was very much a factory. It was a, a, a processing machine, and, and that's how mainstream infrastructure financing works. Um, what we're trying to do is firstly we need to, as a, as a new organization trying to do something different, we need to spend a lot of time making uh, the market aware that we are here and and what we can do and how best to use us, and we might come back to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's important. Then the transactions we're doing are, they're, they're simply not straightforward, and a lot of them, you know, there is no vendor DD pack, there is no um, uh, <clears throat> nicely prepared data room. Uh, we're doing a lot of things um, pretty much from scratch. Mm. Um, and, and so it, it just, it takes longer um, and it needs it needs more people to do it. Um, I'm, I'm very happy to run the team on half the number of people I've got if we could, but um, if, if anything, I think at the moment we're, um, we're almost um, under-resourced. Uh, but I, before you ask the question, I don't have plans to do and have any more people, but I, for now it feels mm. about right. Mm-hmm. For now, it feels about right. Okay, fair enough. Um, now, g- given the size of the UK market and the twenty-two billion you're obliged, you're charged with deploying, now that I've got the right number, um, th- does that challenge of, of deployment give you sleepless nights? Um, I, su- I suppose what I want to know here is um, how, how many deals a year do you envisage that equates to? It really depends on. Well, obviously, I suppose, on the size of the financings. If I, if I look back last year, for example, we did eight transactions, and that was about £1.2 billion. Um, so far this year, so we're halfway through our financial year, so far this year, we've done seven transactions, so almost as many as a whole year last year. But we've only lent um, or invested around £400 million. Um, And that's because last year we did a series of really quite um, large transactions, 
um, with with big tickets this year. Um, they've just been a series of much smaller transactions, um, and particularly as we do more and more equity, um, I would imagine we will still stay on, at least on those transactions towards the smaller end because they tend to be more nascent and therefore smaller. So, in some ways, it's a bit of a frustration that we haven't deployed more more quickly um, this year. But if I, again, if I look at the pipeline, I think we'll see some quite large numbers coming through. Um, and the reality is we're a drop in the ocean compared to what's needed um, to, to get the country to net zero in the end. Our job here is to, to crowd in. And so arguably, if we can crowd in effectively um, without having to splash public money any, everywhere, that's a very good thing. And, and so far, when we look at the data, we're crowding in at about five times the rate at which we're, we're spending. Um, so for every pound we, we deploy, we, we bring in another five pounds. So from that perspective, it's it's been, it's been very successful, I think. Okay. Tell me, are you coming under political pressure to deploy at scale yet? And if not yet, do you anticipate that in the near future? One of the nice things about being here is whilst we're owned by the Treasury, and, and we're very closely connected with government, um, and we, yeah, at the end of the day, we're trying to, to amplify government policy. Um, we are operationally independent, um, mm-hmm. and we, we decide which transactions it is that we want to pursue. So uh, certainly I am not aware of any political pressure um, that, uh, on us that we should do uh, certain things or behave in certain ways. Mm. Okay, okay. Um, when, when you look down the line, and maybe this is a slightly unfair question, so um, I'll appreciate if you just go, oh, Angus, go away, I'm not going to answer that. Um, but, you know, we all recall the Green um, Infrastructure Bank. Was it Green Infrastructure Bank? Green Investment Bank? Green Investment oh, Bank. Well, yes. Green Investment Bank um, that was eventually sold to Macquarie. Do you, do you anticipate that's the future for UKIB? I certainly hope not. Um, and ah. we- <laughs> And we, uh, I mean, it's, it's who, who knows, who knows. Um, but if uh, you know, we've been set up to be an enduring institution, we, mm-hmm. we've had the UK bill go through Parliament. Um, I think that received royal assent uh, in April. Uh, that is meant to put us on a on a long term footing. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, we everything we do, you know, we're assuming we're going to be here for a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. And and certainly, an organisation like us, I think, is going to be needed for a very long time. Uh, whilst we uh, whilst we get net zero underway, but I'm not a politician, um, uh, so um, I'll ask them, not me. I think. There it is. Um, let's move on to the bank's focus with this next question. What do you see as being your priority areas for investment over the next year, and uh, why? But you you might have seen that we recently put out um, some strategy documents ad- addressing uh, a number of areas which we think are going to be the busiest areas, but um, we won't be looking at them to the exclusion of others. So, so to be clear, we, the way we've organized ourselves, we cover uh, 17 different sectors, everything from, from wind through to ports, hydrogen, CCUS, water, um, and we're, we're happy to work on any of those areas. The strategy documents we put out um, are the areas which we think will be the busiest. Um, and in those documents, we've tried to identify what we think is the financing problem. Um, and then we've uh, given some ideas in those documents as to how we might address those particular financing problems. So, for example, uh, for ports um, and, and, and getting ready for floating offshore wind, they, they have the problem that the, the process that a wind farm goes through before or the developer goes through before the developer knows 
whether he's been given a CFD or not. Um, you know, that's that's very drawn out. It takes a long time. But the ports need to be ready so that once the developer well, starts to spend money, and particularly once he's got his CFD, they need to be able to move very quickly. So ports have got this problem that they need to start getting themselves ready for floating offshore wind long before they will know who's been awarded uh, contracts and, and definitely long before um, those developers are ready to start spending money. So we are, are talking to a lot of ports around the UK um, about how we can help there. It may well be that we need to be investing quite large sums of equity as opposed to lending money um, with the intention of helping them to, to, to get ready so that once the developers uh, know which fields they've won and are ready to start spending money, then they've got a port that's um, operational for them. No, that's quite, that's quite, that's a really interesting answer. And yes, I can see exactly where you're coming from. It would be difficult to, say, pony up the equity or talk lenders into um, committing to support developments and building out the port on the hope and a prayer that uh, they actually are going to be then used for the um, offshore wind industry, especially when it comes to floating. Um, so yes, and that will get the infrastructure in place and uh, ready for that eventuality should it actually impact these ports. And even if it doesn't, it's, um, it's good to have your ports upgraded. Well, <clears throat> they still need to make money eventually. If we've invested equity in them, we will be doing that on the, well, more than the hope, but in the, in, in the hope that they, they um, are successful in winning business from developers. Um, it, I think once the Flumis awards um, are known, for example, and we, we know which ports are receiving money, that will help us to identify the ports which are, um, are likely to be um, the most able to develop and therefore the most ready for, for wind when it starts. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, one, one of the, my favourite transactions that UKIP has been involved in is Cornish Lithium. Um, I did think that, that was terribly interesting. Now, this was your first equity transaction. Um, now, you, you were mentioning with ports that uh, you, you anticipate that would involve equity rather than debt, or equity and debt, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, but how, how are things moving on the equity front? Just from my perspective, it seems slightly less, um, well, it's, it's, it feels more challenging for equity. How, how do you view it? Challenging in what way? Well, there's a lot of people out there with an awful lot of equity. There's a lot of dry powder out there among the infrastructure funds. Where there's a need for equity, there's no lack of um, people who can provide it. So identifying projects or developments of some description that actually not only require equity, but really can't get it anywhere else, I I think that's going to be quite quite challenging from my perspective, is it not? You don't share that view? If I look at our pipeline today, no, I don't share that view. Um, but but that, do, that does raise an important point, which is what sort of risk profile are the billions of pounds of equity money? Because you're right, there's a lot of money out there. What sort of risk profile is that money looking for? Mm-hmm. Um, there's an awful lot of money that's looking still at core, core plus sorts of, of, of infrastructure. That's, that's a long way from what we're doing. Um, there's, there's a lesser amount um, that is available for more adventurous uh, investment. Um, but we have a number of transactions on at the moment where we're involved, and, and they're small. I mean, let's be very clear, they're, they're early stage and they're small. Um, but where we're involved simply because there is no other equity provider, um, the, or at least not enough equity providers, 
um, that the uh, companies can can raise their financing. And Cornish Lithium is a good example. Um, they spent a long time um, scouring the markets, and I'm, I'm, I don't think they'd have any problem with me saying this, scouring the markets for what I'll call mainstream financing for, for, for their equity raise. They managed to find uh, you know, an investor in the U.S., but they didn't have anything else, uh, anywhere, anything else around. And, and by our presence, we were able to uh, make sure that they were able to get their financing away. And now, you know, hopefully, we may well end up with a lithium industry in Cornwall. But there was no other money around that had the risk appetite to, to take that on. And if I think of a couple of the other transactions we have in the pipeline, I mean, they're fairly small. They're 25, 30, 40 million pound tickets, uh, fairly early stage companies. Um, but again, we are involved with those because uh, other investors don't have the appetite for what might be technology risk, it might be scale risk, it might be uncertainty about market risk. Um, but for one reason or another, um, other investors are, are not queuing up out of the door, and, and that's why we're involved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, given, given your responses to um, earlier questions, um, I'm, I'm not sure you're going to um, be so keen on this one because um, just just because it's like a, that's not the way we work is probably the response. Um, but time frames, um, you know, you said you stopped counting at twenty. You'll be horrified to hear that we won't be stopping counting. I'm very happy for you to count. We, we like numbers, we like data, and the um, number of deals and the amount deployed, it's the sort of thing that makes us happy at IG. Um, but what sort of timescales are you operating to? Are, are there any timescales? Or is it just a case of, you know, out there, on you go, you've got a certain amount to deploy? But is, is anybody not holding your feet to the fire, but... Um, perhaps giving you some sort of a timeline? Is, is, is there anything on this front? Or are you going, yeah, we just get on and do what we can do? Wouldn't that be nice? No, no, we, I mean, we, we have an overall timeline. It's actually 22 yeah. billion, remember? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think the understanding is that will ideally will be deployed in, in around five to six years' time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, 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 we can't really create deals out of nowhere, and we can certainly only do deals which we think are sensible deals to do. So... Um, and, and, yeah, we, we turn things down um, either because we think they're not ready or because we think the, the mainstream private sector markets can, can finance them. But otherwise, we, you know, we've got an awful lot on at the moment. Um, but, but I don't obsess about how many deals have I done. We, I do have a, have a target for, uh, for what we should deploy this year, and I'm hoping we'll get pretty close to it. Um, but, um, yeah, we can only do the deals that are there. Um, and uh, if a deal needs us, we will do it. If it doesn't need us, we won't do it. Fair response. Okay, another softer question, going easy on you now. Um, how, how's, how's the wider market received your arrival? I mean, okay, the banking community has had two years to get used to you guys being around. Uh, but to, it's, it's only been since late last year that you really started deploying capital. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you think the market sees you as friend or foe and you'd be delighted to hear that when i wrote this originally i noticed i had a typo and i had it written it down do they see you as fiend or foe no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't give me much choice it's rocking a hard place <laughs> friend or foe it's taken a, a bit of time i think to educate the market i think when we mm-hmm. when we first became active i think a lot of people thought we well, you talked about the eib i think a lot of people thought we were here to compete um, 
and it's taken us uh, a little while to work our way around uh, the banks, the advisors, the lawyers, the developers, and just to convince them that we are not, absolutely not, here to compete. Uh, you know, we're here to find financing problems, financing gaps, and, and to see if we can, we can help fill them. So I think that message is out there now. Um, the, the, the one message I still want to try to get through a little bit more powerfully, and, and hopefully some people are listening to this, um, is, is just trying to involve us a little bit earlier. The, the one thing... Mm -hmm that is, is, is frustrating because it means we, we, we're not being used as, as effectively as we could is, is when somebody goes out, tries to raise the financing, it fails for some reason, and then they come to us and say, can you fix this? And, and the answer is sometimes, yes, we can, and we, could, you know, we can make a number bigger. I, um, I think where we can be much more useful on financings um, is where we're involved much earlier. Um, so, so please don't put us in... Uh, some sort of bake-off with other lenders where we're all filling in term sheets, because that, that's just not our bag. Um, but if you've got a transaction where you know it's going to be really difficult to raise the money because it's never been done before, or the market's not very deep, or there's a whole series of risks around it, involve us early and, and see how we can help, um, probably by structuring to date risk out for others. So, you know, I, I'd far rather do a, a MES piece or some other sort of um, risk mitigation um, to allow more senior lenders to come in than just a lender with a senior, senior debt. Um, I think that's more effective um, and definitely will hopefully prove to people like you that we are crowding in. Um, so I think we've got the message there, uh, coming back to the question, um, but it's, it's, um, it's a bit more work to do to get people to understand how best to use us. Hmm. Do, do, do you think the message is out there adequately? Do you, th do you think that people, um, when, when they're approaching you, actually get your role? Or, or are you having a lot of people sort of time-wasting you and not really understanding what you are? I, I think uh, it's got much better over the last few months as we've had, mm -hmm. frankly, with more people, the ability to be more proactive and to, make, to be out in the market making clear what it is we want to do. So, no, we, we're not really wasting much time anymore. Most of the... Uh, inquiries we receive now are, uh, I'd say, sensible inquiries, but are the sorts of things that we can we can uh, sensibly work on. I think. Mm -hmm. What would your message be to the market? And um, I, I suppose you know our, our audience is international, but I imagine the people who tune into this one they're going to see UK Infrastructure Bank, and they're they're most likely to be um, UK people or people who are working in the UK or have a focus on us. What was your message to them apart from, you know, well, no, leave it to you. <laughs> I think we probably covered the main parts of the message. It's, it's you know, mm. we're here for infrastructure, uh, for levelling up, so please don't come to us for, for a bridge or a road. Um, you know, we, we're here, we're here <laughs> for, for net zero and levelling up. Um, we're not here to compete or to replace private sector financing, so come to us where you think we can be useful in your structure, um, <clears throat> and engage us early. Don't come to us at the last minute and say, I need this done in six weeks, any chance you can move quickly. Engage us at the beginning and say, I've got a problem, how do you think you can help us? Which I know repeats some yeah. of what I've just said, but that is that really is the message to the market. So Luton Airport, don't come knocking, you're not going to finance their new car park. Unlikely. <laughs> okay i think that brings us to an end of this latest podcast um ian i'd like to thank you for taking time to join us on infradig it's been really interesting thank you very much thank you for having me <laughs> and to the listener as always i hope you have found this to be anything but 
Infratech.